Anyway, it's just a real pleasure and a blessing to be here tonight to be able to share God's Word with you. I uh, don't get a chance to do this too often and for reasons that will become quite uh, uh, obvious as I <laughs> go on. But uh, anyway, I, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, interesting following on not only what the pastor said, but last week Dalton, Brother Dalton, was talking about all the youthful men who have been preaching and all the new, the new youthful ideas. And I, I just feel really honored to be a part of that <coughs> youth. And uh, I, I, I really hope it spills over a little bit more my direction, to be honest with you. And I have enjoyed the blessings of, of all these guys. Now, I want to ask you the, to start out tonight. I want to ask you a very important question. <clears throat> Are you here tonight because of Joni Snack Shack, or are you here to hear the Word of God being preached? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I thought maybe you all just came to get those good hamburgers. And uh, I'm kind of thankful that, uh, that I was here, but I, those in the front row may not be. Uh, the onions were great. <laughs> anyway, well, let's, let's get on with, with the... Uh, the uh, message that I have for you tonight, it's a brief one. I just have a few notes here. We'll get through it real quick. Um, I, I, I got it down. I collapsed it to about three hours. So not to worry. The dinner will settle. You have a good digestion. Okay. Well, seriously, <clears throat> tonight uh, I'm going to be addressing a question that uh, I think all of us need to ask ourselves from time to time, and that is, what is the source of your hope? What is the source of your hope? And uh, I have, obviously, uh, some of the PowerPoint presentation here tonight, but I get lazy. I don't always want to write down the Bible verses. And I think it's good for us to kind of flip through the pages now and then to familiarize ourselves with where some of the chapters are, right? So let's all turn over to Romans 15, 1 to 6. Romans 15. <clears throat> and, um, and let's stand as we read God's Word. Keep you moving here. Keep that uh, blood flowing, okay? And uh, one through six. I'll read it here. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to, to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. That's the key verse. For whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to the to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we do indeed praise you and thank you for all that you have done to us and for us. And Lord, we just uh, thank you that we can be in your house and uh, be able to glean riches from your word tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts and that you would just give me clarity of mind and wisdom and strength to preach your word. I thank you, Lord, again for this word, and we pray that as we read it tonight and as we glorify you in the process of preaching, that we will renew our hope, renew our vigor to go forward with with the life of Christ in us. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Well, to start the message tonight, I have an interesting story 
Uh, it's about a couple of hunters. Now, you know Bill Burge and, and Jim Love. They just love to hunt. And they go out on these expeditions every once in a while. And they told me this story one time, and it applies, applies to them. So while, while, while they were hunting, <clears throat> Jim and Bill got lost one time in the woods. This is not typical. They usually know where they're going. And um, <clears throat> they, were, they were trying, and as they were, being, as they, they were lost, uh, they were trying to reassure each other <clears throat> that everything was going to be okay. And Jim said, well, don't worry. All you have to do is shoot into the air three times, stay where we are, and someone will find us. Well, they shot in the air three times, and nobody came. After a while, they tried it again, and still no response. Well, when they decided to try it one more time, Bill said, Well, I sure hope it works this time. We're down to our last three arrows. Uh, I, it really wasn't them. Okay. But I had fun with it anyway. Well, Jim and Bill were putting their hope in the advice of others, even though they didn't understand that that advice didn't apply to shooting arrows, okay? So a lot of times, people in difficult circumstances, you and I, for instance, <clears throat> uh, we tend to rely on the advice of others, which isn't always bad. Uh, sometimes it can be, though. We on the advice of our friends, advice of our neighbors, and... Uh, even our pastor at times, and when we're really desperate, we'll go to our pastor, and uh, experts, other experts. Uh, but just like Jim and Bill, they will listen to others, placing their hope and wisdom in the experience of those that they trust. So <clears throat> their hope is placed in these people and their advice. And we all know that hope is vital. Hope is extremely uh, important to us. It's critical for us to, to have a a, uh, to survive every day. We all need to have hope to carry on our lives. But the key is to, ultimately, to know ultimately what is our hope really based upon, to look at the real foundation of what our hope is, is based on. I got a few things up here that we, <clears throat> we often base our hope on. Uh, okay, I think we can move on to the next slide there. Hope is vital, it's critical. So, what do we usually put our hope into? The first thing that comes to mind <clears throat> is wealth. We're all looking for that big bonus, right? Uh, that new job that's going to pay us, um, you know, $300,000 a month or a year or something. A bonus or an inheritance. A lot of us, you know, look forward to getting an inheritance. Uh, <clears throat> so, there's, there's all kinds of special things that we look for in terms of wealth. And we think that by getting these things, everything's going to be cool, man. We're going to be coasting, right? And then a lot of us discover that it doesn't exactly work that way. If you're not good managers, you don't, you don't always, it doesn't always pay off. Uh, a lot of us, you know, like the pastor and I, <clears throat> we put a lot of our hope into beauty. You know, he's always commenting about how he, he's handsome and, and, you know, beauty, physique, and all that stuff. And uh, you can all understand why, <clears throat> but even the pastor and I realize that uh, it's not, not always possible to, to put all our hope in, in our beauty or our wealth, right? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> nowadays, as you're looking at this mess over in the Middle East, which is always a mess anyway, uh, you know, I see a lot of people putting their confidence and their hope into weapons of, and power and might and all those wonderful things. I did a study in uh, Micah recently, the book of Micah, and it talked about all these 
new finagled uh, weapons that they had in those days, horses, <laughs> arrows, and, and, uh, and castles, or kind of uh, chariots, <clears throat> putting all their hope in those things. Today, we put them, you know, countries put them in nuclear bombs and you name it. But uh, that's not a hope that's going to last. Uh, <clears throat> I know that we all know people who have put their hope into their education. Now, I'm not trying to, to be critical of education because I've been to school quite a few years myself. But I know that you can't put all your hope in, in education and your intellect. I have a lot of friends who are very bright, who, who know a lot more than I do. But, you know, <clears throat> that hope doesn't last either. And then there's some of us who put our hope in relationships, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a friendship, and that, you know, if we don't have a good, strong relationship, uh, life maybe isn't worth going on for some people. But we know how fleeting that can be. And then hopefully all of us put hope in our relationship to God. And um, that's kind of where we're going to be going with this message tonight. And, you know, clearly God understands that that uh, hope is vital. That's why he said in Romans 15:4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have H-O-P-E, hope. So, <clears throat> very clear. Uh, now, when we speak of this type of hope, the type of hope that we're going to be talking about tonight, little by little here, we're not talking about the kind of hope that I kind of had when I was, say, in Vietnam or maybe the guys in Iraq now. Uh, and that's kind of the hope when, when you go out <clears throat> patrol a perimeter of your compound and you're going out there and you're hoping you're not going to step on any explosive devices <laughs> or a, a, a snake or some kind of a scorpion you know, that's going to attack you. That's not exactly the kind <clears throat> that, that I would be... That's not the hope that we're talking about. Uh, the kind of hope that we're talking about is the one that's being projected on the screen now. And that is a hope that is an, that's an attitude of confidence, expectation, and trust. This is the kind of hope that God is talking about in this verse in 15.4. An attitude, a mindset of <clears throat> confidence, expectation, and trust. And hopefully, and prayerfully, we will have this kind of hope as we grow in our Christian faith. In Job uh, 6, 11 through 13, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. And, um, <clears throat> it reads, What is my strength that I should hope? And what is mine end that I should prolong my life? Is my strength the strength of stones? Or is my flesh of brass? Is not my help in me? And is wisdom driven quite from me? All that to say, Job was saying that if he had godly hope, he would be confident and he would live expecting good things to happen to him. If he had godly hope, he would be confident and live expecting good things to happen to him. And I hope that's, I pray that's our hope. <laughs> I don't want to be redundant, okay. I pray that that is our hope, that we have this confident expectation as we look toward, toward the future. Another thing that comes with hope <clears throat> is a vision. In, uh, we all know Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. you don't have to turn to it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, if we don't have some kind of hope, which is part of this vision, we're not going to go too far. That is, without hope, people huddle up in the corner and die. No vision, no hope, no life. No vision, no hope, no life. And that's true. 
Uh, I, as some of you know, I have a private practice in, uh, in psychotherapy, and I see a lot of people that come into my office. As a matter of fact, I would say 90% of them come in with little hope or no hope and a lot of despair. And uh, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Um, I, 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 sh- I project my, myself out as a Christian counselor, and uh, so we can talk about Christ and share Christ, and we do. But that's, that's the sad part of a lot of people's lives. They, you know, beyond the wealth, beyond the might and the power, beyond the relationship, they don't have a lot of hope. And we as Christians, what a wonderful gift to have this confident expectation that we too are going to be with the Lord and that he's going to be in control of our lives. Now, I'm going to make you work now. Hebrews. Let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews six seventeen to 20. And you all know that that's kind of towards the back of the New Testament. And um, I'm sorry, Hebrews 6, did I say 16? I meant 6, <coughs> 17 to 20. Okay, hopefully you found it. 6, 17 to 20. I found it. Okay. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, that's the unchangeable character of God, uh, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable, unchangeable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold, to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Isn't that, isn't that a neat verse? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into the, and that within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so there we have hope, and we know it because Jesus Christ has already taken care of that. He's entered the veil, he's entered the inner sanctum for us. And that's, that's a blessing in, in so many different ways. But we don't have time to dwell on that right now. We've got to keep moving. Okay. Our hope as Christians is built on nothing less than Jesus. In 1 Corinthians, it tells us also that one of the greatest gifts that God has given us through his Holy Spirit is faith, charity, and hope. Or some of you might know it as faith, hope, and love. And certainly hope is one of the the most wonderful blessings we can have as Christians. Now, if hope is such a valuable gift from God, I want to know how I can get that kind of hope. How do we get a hold of this hope? What is it that gets us this this hope? So, you already have the answer, don't you? At least the first part of it. We have, we gain this hope by endurance. Going back to Romans 15, 4, uh, which was the... um, the key verse tonight, and I keep repeating this because I think it's, it's such a crucial verse. For whatever things were written, aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of Scripture might have hope. Through patience. <clears throat> okay, patience is endurance, folks. That's what it means. It is, good, it is God's good pleasure to give us the desire of our hearts, right? He talks about giving us the desire of, of our hearts in several places in Scripture. But... We all know it is, not, it, is, it is not God's practice to always give us what we want when we want it, okay? 
And that's important to remember. Thus we learn to wait upon God and we learn <clears throat> endurance. That's how we learn endurance. We don't get that instant gratification, folks. <laughs> we, we all want it. It'd be nice to have our answers and get, get all the answers and, of our des- and, and get our desires met immediately. But God doesn't want us to do that. He wants to make us work a little bit or think, not work, but to, um, to show patience. But why would God delay fulfilling that which we hope for? Why would he delay fulfilling that which we hope for? <clears throat> One possible answer would be so that we gain appreciation. We gain appreciation for what he gives when it arrives. For example, <clears throat> when God created Adam, he didn't immediately, he didn't immediately uh, give him Eve. We're told in uh, Genesis 2.8 that it is not good for the man should be alone. I will give him a helpmeet for him. Then, <clears throat> for some reason that we can't explain, he all of a sudden says, let's name the animals. And he goes into, uh, uh, and you might think, well, why couldn't God name, name the animals? I mean, why did he need Adam's help in that area? Well, <clears throat> God wanted Adam to see and review all the rest of creation before Eve was taken from his side, before he was given Eve. Thus, when Adam first set his eyes on Eve, he describes, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Woman, okay. <clears throat> because she was taken out of man. That's Genesis 2.23. God delayed in creating Eve so that Adam would fully understand and appreciate the value of what he was to receive. Okay. So you guys, now you've got to really appreciate your wives a lot. And the Lord delayed the, the delivery, so to speak, <laughs> so you can appreciate it even more. Okay, another possibility, B, B, would be that <clears throat> it, it would be for our purification and strengthening. In, in the verse here, it talks about it uh, for a comfort of the Scripture. And, um, oh, that's the next part, I'm sorry. <clears throat> but, uh, again, looking at purification and strengthening. Let's uh, turn over to Romans, Romans 5, 1 to 5, Romans 1 to 5. See how this fits into this, this thought, okay? So we're looking <clears throat> that the possibility for the delay would be for our purification and our strengthening. <clears throat> okay, Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in the hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So again, we have hope as a very central part of our rejoicing in the glory of God. Uh, we've certainly know Romans 5 well by now, but I've not always captured that thought about the hope there, and it really is a blessing. <coughs> Excuse me. So God, God's delay serves to prepare us to handle the responsibilities of our desires and the gifts we receive from God. Let me repeat that. God's delay serves to prepare us to handle the responsibilities of our desires and the gifts we receive from God. 
An example might be my grandson, Tate. Wake up, Tate. Okay. And my grandson, Tate, when he was two, you know, he couldn't wash dishes. He'd sometimes stand up uh, to the sink and, you know, say, can I help you wash? And sure enough, um, you know, he would try. But usually what, what I would do or Myrna would do is be to give him something like a spatula and just tell him to, to kind of uh, pretend he's washing it, you know, put it under the sink. And um, <clears throat> the point that I'm trying to make with that is that he wasn't ready. He wasn't mature enough to do a full job on washing dishes. But uh, we gave him something simple. But he wasn't quite ready enough. And that's true with a lot of us. We're not ready sometimes to fully grasp the depth of God's hope in our lives. And that's why he's delaying things at times, to help us grow, to strengthen us, to purify us. And that's, I think, an extremely important issue when when we are growing in in Christ. Okay, the second point, moving along briskly here. Trying to keep it within the three hours now. Okay. Uh, second point, we gain hope through encouragement of scriptures. Now, that has been a real source of hope for me. I hope it has been for you. You know, as I prepared this study, I have really been blessed. As Pastor and everybody else always says, you know, we're usually blessed more in the process. And, you know, I pick subjects when I'm teaching or preaching that are going to be edifying to me. I mean, I'm being selfish, folks. I'm sorry. But stuff I need to hear. And, 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 and I hope, you know, as we share tonight, that this is something that we can all grow with, grow in. So <clears throat> let's, um, let's turn over to Psalms 119. This is uh, a good place to start when we're talking about hope and encouragement and Scripture. <clears throat> Psalms 119. Always got some wonderful verses in that. <clears throat> we're going to look at a few here. Let's start over... <coughs> In the 43rd verse of Psalms 119. 43rd verse. Okay. Let's see. I had it right here. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hoped in thy judgments. I have hoped in thy judgments. And let's go over to 74. We're going to, make, we're going to visit about five or six of these. Okay. 74. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Because I have hoped in thy word. Verse 81. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Psalm, uh, I mean, Psalm 119, verse 114. 114. <clears throat> Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Are you convinced yet? Okay. One more. 147. 147. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. So, by reading God's word, we gain hope in his word. Not only can we hope in his word, but we can also hope from his word. Uh, <clears throat> I recently read a story in a, a devotional book that, uh, that is quite relevant here, and I'm going to kind of read it here. Uh, listen carefully. It's, it's, a, it's a really neat uh, Uh, devotional message here. It was a beautiful spring day, Ah, and a sense of peace stayed with me as I left the church service. Hopefully that's the way we all feel when we walk out of church. Okay. I paused for a moment on top of the steps leading to the avenue, now crowded with people rushing to their jobs. 
Sitting in her usual place inside a church archway was the old flower lady. At her feet, corsages and boutonnieres were parading on top of a spread-open newspaper. The flower lady was smiling, her wrinkled old face alive with some inner joy. I started down the stairs, then, on impulse, turned and picked out a flower. As I put it in my lapel, I said, "'Boy, you sure look happy this morning.' "'Well, why not? Everything's good.' She was dressed so shabbily and seemed so very old that her reply just totally startled me. "'You've been sitting here for how many years now?' And she says, "'Many, many years.' And always smiling, and you're always smiling. You you wear your troubles so well. Boy, I wish people would say that to me. (laughs) And uh, you can't reach my age and not have trouble, she replied. Amen. Only it's like Jesus and Good Friday. She, She paused for the moment. She said, only... It's like Jesus and Good Friday. She paused. Yes, I prompted. Well, when Jesus was crucified on Good Friday, that was the worst day uh, for the world. And when I get troubles, I remember that. And then I think of what happened only three days later at our Lord's arising. So when I get troubles, I've learned to wait three days. Somehow everything gets all right again. And she smiled goodbye. Her words still follow me whenever I think I have troubles. Give God a chance to help. Wait three days. (laughs) But seriously, I think that's that's a... I mean, really, when you think about it, you know, the worst day in the history of the world was the day that Jesus was crucified. Three days later, we have the the greatest uh, turnaround, you might say, in, in the world's history and something we can all be thankful for. So when we're in rough spots, folks, and we all get there, right? Hang in. The good, the good day's coming. So the Word of God fills us with hope because it gives us examples of the faithfulness of God and the way in which we can and will work in our lives. <clears throat> now, there's a, there's a principle in Scripture that's, that's pretty uh, consistent throughout, especially the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. When we studied the book of Micah in the class that uh, some of you were in with me, uh, we saw this principle very clearly. <clears throat> and that's the birth of a, vi- of a vision. The birth of a vision is the first part of it. And then the death of a vision. And then the third part, the fulfillment, or the sort of the resurrection or restoration of the vision. And uh, that's often what happens to a lot of us. We, we kind of get a, a great idea, and we get all excited about it and get involved, and then all of a sudden it falls apart or something. It doesn't quite work out the way we expect it. And then for some reason it kind of resurrects. And comes back and, and we fulfill, see fulfilled. Well, this is true throughout Scripture. Uh, let's consider a few examples, okay? Consider the promise that Abraham received when he and his wife would, were, would have a son. Now, Abraham believed the promise originally. But when God visited him on the plains of Mamre, he, this is what he said in Genesis 18.11. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of a woman. What happened nine months later? Isaac was born in fulfillment of the vision. So they'd given up hope, remember? They were totally downcast. Ah, we'll never have kids. Um, Of course, they were a little bit elderly. So it was quite conceivable that they wouldn't. And it turned out that nine months later, they had Isaac. And then there's good old Joseph. Wonderful Bible story and such a wonderful truth. At the age of 17, he, re- he received a vision that prophesied he would be a man of greatness. 
Almost immediately, his brothers began to hate him. And when the opportunity arose, they sought to kill him and ended up selling him into slavery. Later, his brothers were united (coughs) with him, and Joseph calmed their fears that he would seek revenge by saying, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So as we all know, (coughs) Joseph became this great man of God. And uh, despite the fact that he was, he was in a pretty bad spot a few times, somehow the vision came alive. David uh, is another example. We won't go into that a whole lot right now um, since we're running out of time. So we attain God's kind of hope. We attain God's kind of hope by endurance, by encouragement of Scripture. And lastly, we attain God's hope by true servanthood, by serving others. Uh, let's look over at, uh, well, Romans 15 again, 1 to, 1 to 2. We've been there, but it's good to repeat it. Now remember, I said three hours. Okay. Okay. Romans 15, 1 to 2. We then are strong, who are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. And then a very important scripture, and it should be projected up there now, Luke twenty-two twenty-four to 27. Luke twenty-two twenty-four to 27. And there was also a strife among them. Now this is when, um, remember the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest? We never get into those kind of arguments, I'm sure, ourselves, but the disciples did. And, uh, and there was... Also, this is the verses now, there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but ye shall not be so. <coughs> but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that chief as he d- that doeth, that, that doth serve. Got to get this old English down. Doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, sitteth at the table, in other words, or he that serveth. And this is is the real key point. But I, Christ, am among you as he that serveth. So Christ was the perfect example of how you you have hope in in serving. He was here as God's servant. Um, Servanthood is God's way of making us great. That's because God created us to be happiest and most fulfilled and most at peace when we learn to serve others. I don't know about you, but that, that is such a truth that, that has given me so much encouragement and hope. You know, sometimes you get into little ruts and you kind of feel, what am I doing this for? But overall, it's such a, it's such a blessing to be able to serve and to give and to share with others. <clears throat> and, and it restores my hope in, in, in God in, in the process. I have a, okay, we're just about to the end here. This is another story that <clears throat> is, is really good. And I, I, I was thinking about not sharing it because of the time, but I'm going to share it. The pastor said I could have another two hours. Okay. Okay. Illustration. Blame him, not me. Okay. <laughs> illustration. In, uh, this is uh, a really good illustration. In the town of Port Hope, Canada, there is a monument erected. <clears throat> Not for the leading citizen who just died, but for a poor, unselfish working man who gave most of his life and his energy to help those who could not repay him. 
<clears throat> Some of you may recognize his name. Joseph Scriven was born in Dublin in 1820. In his youth, he had the prospect of a great he, he had the prospect of a great citizen with high ideals and great aspirations. He was engaged to a beautiful young woman and had promised to share his dream. But on the eve of their wedding, her body was pulled from a pond into which she had accidentally fallen and drowned. Young Scriven never overcame the shock. Although a college graduate and ready to embark on a brilliant career, he began to wonder to try to forget his sorrow. His wanderings took him to Canada, where he spent his last 41 of his 60 years. He became a very devout Christian <clears throat> during this time, and his beliefs led him to do labor for poor widows and sick people. He often served for no wages. It was not known that Mr. Scriven had any poetic gifts until a short time after his death. A friend who was sitting with him in an illness discovered a poem he had written to his mother in a time of sorrow. Not intending that anyone should see it, his poem was later set to music and has become a much-loved gospel song. It is said to be the first song that many missionaries teach their converts. In polls taken to determine popularity of hymns and gospel songs, his poem set to music is always at the top. Anybody know what that one is? Just curious. Okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> oh, uh, by the way, the name of the song, maybe you'll recognize it. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So we attain God's hope by endurance, encouragement from Scripture, and by serving others. In that process, we too can build a strong hope, and it will determine our lives and our future. In closing, in Lutheran tradition... We're going to have a benediction. That's 1513. Is it projected up there? Okay. Yes, it is. Let <clears throat> now the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me read that one more time. Now the hope, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So the key is the key to true hope is to focus on God, to focus our, our real hope on, on God and all that he has done for us. Um, let's, let's have a word of prayer, and then uh, maybe the pastor would like to come up, and we'll, we're going to sing a, a different closing song tonight, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. thought it might be appropriate, um, but let's have a word of prayer before we go into that. Lord, we just uh, do indeed thank you that we can have eternal hope in you, Lord, that this hope is not something that's fleeting, that it's not something that just comes today and goes tomorrow, and that it's not dependent on us, Lord. It's totally dependent on knowing you. And Lord, we just uh, ask that you'd help us all to capture the importance of clinging to this hope as we go about our daily lives, not putting our hope in, in other things, but putting our hope in you, Lord. Again, Lord, we thank you for your word and the blessing that it brings to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.